Hello and welcome to the Surface Tension Podcast. My name is Alex. My co-host over here is Craig. We are going to be exploring deep questions and looking for deep answers to spiritual questions and questions about life in general. We're happy to have you here. And here we go. Welcome to our podcast. Alex recently had a very funny experience. I am a pretty positive person. I like to be encouraging and affirming. And I was with a couple. The husband had lost his wife. She died. The wife had lost her husband. He had died. They were talking about this horrible situation with this other couple. I share a C.S. Lewis quote, and they look at me and say, wow, Craig, you're a real downer. And I'm like, oh, Ouch. oh, oh my word. You guys have gone through incredible tragedy of the loss of a spouse in this other thing. And they look at me and they say, wow, Craig, you're a real downer. So are you curious about the quote? Yeah. Fire away. You've mentioned so many times before about just how the world and the challenge of navigating this world can be a drag on us, right? Totally. It can really trip people up, whether it's the news or social media or all of that stuff, right? And I've been thinking about these very things. And to me, one of the big questions that emerges from watching the chaos, either in our lives, in our circumstances, or in the global reality we're living in, is does God really want what's best for us? Does God really want what's best for us? I think that's my guess is this delightful couple that have both lost a spouse probably have asked that question once or twice. Really? Does God really want what's best for us? My daughter's college roommate is in the hospital right now. She has cancer. She just, she had a bone graft put in her arm. It got infected they had to take out the plates and the bone that got infected. So she's sitting in a hospital right now without part of the bone in her arm in incredible pain. And my guess is that she might ask, does God really want what's best for me? Have you ever asked that question? Not really. That's, um, and maybe I haven't had anything so tragic happen to me. I, I still have both my arms, thankfully. I haven't yet experienced a death uh, in my nuclear family. What are some other questions, though, that might get in this neighborhood? Because, God, where are you? Sure. Um, what am I supposed to do with this? A, a perfect. What else? If we were brainstorming other thoughts or questions that are in the same zip code. I, I, I expected something much different, God. I prayed for encouragement and I got fired. Help me understand this, right? To me, those are all in the zip code of, boy, does God really want what's best for us? Oh, I mean, with my circumstance, I I would say, you know, uh, God send me a partner and then he sends me another lesson. Yes. A lesson of a person. Yes. (laughs) 
So I think we can all relate to this. And and I did some research. I was searching through scripture and I was trying to get my head around this. And I come across the C.S. Lewis quote. Here it is. We are not necessarily doubting that God will do the best for us. We are wondering how painful the best will turn out to be. Say it again. We are not necessarily doubting that God will do what's best for us. We are wondering how painful the best will turn out to be. All right. What do you think he's trying to communicate here? What is C.S. Lewis trying to share with us that he learned through the loss of his own wife, through the challenge of his own career, heart, surface tension, soul tension? I mean, there's a couple different things. We are wondering how painful the best will turn out to be. Well, is there beauty that can be found in a painful situation? And oftentimes that is absolutely. But I would agree, um, not with saying, Craig, you're a, you're a downer. But in our Friday men's group two weeks ago, we explored a passage that talked about God's purpose for us and that that is almost offensive uh, towards somebody who's gone through something that's just miserable. Yeah. Jeremiah 29, for I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you, which in the original language is shalom, to bring you shalom, not harm, as we interpret that, but in the original language, it's it's evil. But God, God has these plans for not prosperity in the American sense, but welfare, shalom, the entirety of being, peace in our entire being. That would be so challenging to approach somebody who had just lost a child and say, this is part of God's good plan for you. If I had, I can't even imagine what that would feel like, but if I was trying to imagine it, if I had just lost a child and somebody said that to me, I'd want to slug him yeah. and say, you have no idea what this feels like. How dare you? Yeah. Oh yeah. No, it's, I mean, that is a, a challenging, challenging question, but it, yeah. there's so much of our understanding that is capped by our ability to perceive time and not understand the eternal, right? Yes. And I think that has been something God has been teaching me lately as a painful life reality lesson that I need to keep having reset. Yes. Yeah. It's There are things that we would today say, that's unjust, that's unjust. Guess what? God somehow is going to work that for justice. Check this, Romans 8.18, for I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. So good. You need to read that one again. Romans 8, 18. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time 
are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. And that requires two things, the belief in a very good God and belief that he is writing the narrative. And we need to take the long view. As we mentioned in another podcast, we're too often, we're in the third or fourth chapter of the narrative God's writing and we're already saying, hey, this story sucks. And he's saying, it's still being written. Be patient. I got another one for you, Morris. I'm armed to the teeth with scripture for this one. Love it. Proverbs 19.21. Many are the plans in the mind of a man, but it is the purpose of the Lord that will stand. We have so many ideas about the way things should go. And sometimes we're right. But rarely are we entirely aligned with a story that is so massive as the story that God's writing. Yeah. And so play play this with me, if you will. I love the space we're in. A couple thousand years ago, we're standing at the foot of the cross, and Jesus is being crucified unjustly. He did nothing wrong, and he's being killed and someone walks up and quotes Jeremiah 29 hey God had really great plans for you plans for shalom and not for evil saying that to Jesus or to us yeah to Jesus How? how <laughs> he's on the cross yeah he sure is and he's bleeding profusely from the lashes that he had received, the wood, the wood splinters that are carving into the skin on his back. He's gasping for breath, and he hears someone saying, "Hey, God's got great plans for you. Plans for Shalom. What does Jesus think and feel? What's your guess?" I know how I would feel. I know fleshly how I would feel. Yeah. And I would be like, what are you talking about? I think Jesus would smile at that person and say, this this person gets it. They, you are beginning to understand mm. I think despite all that pain, he sneaks a smile in, which sounds insane. I can't imagine my body being ripped to shreds and crucified and having a profound God moment that transcended all of the suffering that I was experiencing physically and hit me at a soul level, leaving me no choice but to smile. Yeah. That's, I think, how Jesus would That's approach so it. Good. Are you seeing it differently? No, I am. I, I know I love that. And the smile, although uh, disconcerting, 
it might be possible because he knew this is part of the plan. And the worst atrocity in human history has created the greatest triumph, not only in this world, but in all the worlds to come. I know the plans I have for you. One of my big challenges, Alex, is that there are promises that God gives us in the Bible. I promise to, my word's going to come to fruition. I promise to be with you. I promise to always love you. He he makes these promises. Those I need to focus on because too often I focus on the promises that God did not give me and say, why don't I have this? Why isn't this happening in my life? Why are, why isn't this? And God just kind of shrugs his shoulders and said, I never promised those things to you. If Jesus had been promised, hey, you know what? You're going to go live live a wonderful life and you're going to get to go to the montage of the Ritz every weekend and uh, swim with the dolphins and whatever you want to do. And Jesus wound up on a cross. He'd probably be like, what is going on here? This isn't the promise. But God fulfilled the promises to us and to his son that he had offered. I'm I'm still amazed. There's a quote that comes from uh, Teresa of uh, Avila. She was a mighty prayer warrior. And this is challenging to me because I love the verse you shared about, gosh, what we're going through right now is 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 not it. You know, Corinth, Paul said in Corinthians, for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all, right? It's, first of all, our troubles never feel light. And never feel momentary. And he says there's a purpose behind those, and it's achieving something for us that we may or may not see the results of in this life. We may just have to wait till that next life to see that. And um, Teresa of Avilia said this, in light of heaven, the worst suffering on earth, a life full of the most atrocious tortures on earth will be seen no more serious than one night in an inconvenient hotel. What a call. She's saying, once we get to heaven, we look back at this and it's going to say, oh, man, all that just seemed like a bad night in a cheap motel. Yeah, Motel 6, the AC was broken. Yeah, and the little quarter for the tingling fingers was, you know, the machine was broken and we didn't <laughs> didn't get that either. But you got something over there. What's on your mind? God didn't say it would be easy but he did say he would be with us. That's, I mean, what a promise that is. Yes. He he didn't promise that, you know, you were talking about the, the promises that you want versus the promises that he's actually made. He didn't promise us that this was going to be easy, but he did promise that he would be with us. Yes. So I I want to get back to this quote from C.S. Lewis because I think he's saying more here than than meets the eye. We're not necessarily doubting God will do the best for us. We are wondering how painful the best will turn out to be. Do you think we miss God's best for us sometimes because we don't want the pain? Of course. How do we remedy that? 
how do we remedy our weak need, feeble attempts at point pain avoidance as a way of sidestepping what God's best is for us? I mean, dozens of times I've heard from people, I really... You know, I don't know if I really want to go uh, all in with God because, you know, I don't want to be a missionary in Africa or I don't want to lose my business or I don't want. (laughs) And we have this long series of I don't want, which probably reveal the real true loves of our heart and how we're actually just using God to get those true loves of our heart, security, success, significance. Those are the things we really want. We're just using God in order to get it. How painful the best will turn out to be. I mean, for me, Jesus embodies that quote on the cross. He knew God was going to do what was best for us. And it was incredibly painful. But because he submitted himself to the will of the Father and the plan of the Father, we got to be the recipients of this shalom. For I know the plans I have for you, plans for shalom, for peace. We would not be able to have access to that right now if it wasn't for Jesus. Yeah, fear of pain gets in the way of of quite a bit. But we don't overcome fear by ourselves, do we? No. If we're trying to overcome fear by ourselves and avoid pain by ourselves. Maybe not even avoid pain, but if we're trying to overcome fear, we're not putting God in the driver's seat. Um, I mean, I've, that is true. No, again, I love that. We talked about that our last episode. Boy, great, great question. How can we make it better? Great point. How can we make it better? You're making a really great point. If we focus on the fear, we're going to, be in trouble. If we focus on trying to get rid of the fear, we're still going to be in trouble. Okay. How can we make that better? What do we need to focus on in order to alleviate or lessen our fears? This side of heaven, we will probably have some fear. (laughs) We're human. Can I hit you with Deuteronomy? Come on, bring it. Deuteronomy uh, 21 to 4, when you go out to war against your enemies and see horses and chariots and an army larger than your own, you shall not be afraid of them. For the Lord your God is with you, who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. And when you draw near to the battle, the priest shall come forward and speak to the people and say to them, Hear, O Israel, today you are drawing near for battle against your enemies. Do not let your heart faint. Do not fear or panic or be in dread of them. For the Lord your God is he who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies to give you the victory. Yeah, that's that is so good because that is a call to say don't gaze at the horses or the chariots or the enemy. Don't stare at them. Stare at me. Fix your eyes on me. I am with you. If I'm with you, guess what? Everything is going to be okay. 
when Jesus is on the cross, is he focusing on the nails or is he focusing on the Father? Yeah, absolutely focused on the Father. And also the agony of the separation he had to experience from the Father in that brief time. To be theologically accurate, why'd you forsake me? It was that separation when Jesus became sin in order to pay the payment for our sin. There was a separation from the Father that was agonizing to his soul, which if we don't understand, we don't understand how much he loves us. If we don't understand that pain that he has gone through, we don't understand how much he loves us and how much he gave up to be with us. The suffering is worth it. We have to believe that, and we see that through Jesus. Yeah, and, and we have to be careful with that. I totally agree, but we also have to say worth it when, worth it when, and In again, eternity. Yes, and that's where I need someone like you and people around me that will help me understand. There's a phrase, you know, uh, I try to share with my daughters wife, people around me that I love, somehow, somewhere, your hard work and faithfulness will pay off. It may be this school year. It may be in two years. It may be in 10 years. It may be in a hundred years. I don't know. But for me, hope is this, yes, God is good. There will be a payoff somehow, somewhere, because for most of my life, I've expected the payoff to be immediate mm-hmm. now and circumstantial. The The reward has to be immediate, and it has to be something I can see. And when when we start getting rid of those qualifiers— the reward can be something that I may or may not see now, and I may or may not see that in my own circumstances. I may not see the circum- that in the, the span of my lifetime. I can change the way I move through the rhythm of today. I can love someone that's not necessarily going to love me back. I can forgive someone who doesn't necessarily receive that forgiveness. Jesus says on the cross, forgive them, they don't know what they're doing. Some people probably understood that, received that forgiveness. Some people are like, that guy's crazy. Mm -hmm. So what are you going to take away from this quote and this brief conversation? What's moving in you? What's stirring in you? God is good. He's authoring a story that we cannot perceive any and all suffering that we might experience is worth it in eternity and that our fear does not come from him. It comes from the enemy and we need to be reminded that he is with us and that he is for us. Yeah, that's so good. And there comes a time when we're going through something difficult, a little space where we realize this is my my faith edge. My, my faith is on the edge right now, and I can either lean 
towards God and say, yes, I trust you. I trust in your goodness. I trust in your story. Or we can lean away from him, go, nope, I think I'm going to take the reins. I think I'm going to bask in this fear. I think I'm going. And what a great blessing is for us to realize those few moments where we actually have a choice of faith. Okay, deep breath. I'm going to choose to trust in God in that. It's a beautiful faith muscle that God can grow in us. Now, I really love the pairing of words that you used to describe this is the faith edge and the faith muscle, but I love the faith edge. How do we expand our faith edge, push it farther back in a positive connotation? How do we do that? Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I, I love the question. And I think maybe that journey looks a little different. Um, based on our past, our present, and our future, because faith <laughs> is kind of outside of time. And for me to have a faith edge in my past, I have to trust in being forgiven for bad things I've done, and I have to trust in thing the way God operated and promised things with regard to my past. The faith edge I was talking about is the faith edge for the present. I'm in a current traumatic circumstance or situation where I have to take a deep breath and really say, I'm I'm going to trust God that you are good here, and I'm going to trust that you're writing a good story. Okay, and just that very moment, a muscle, a faith muscle grows just a little bit, and then we can take that same faith edge and move it into our future story, the story that still hasn't been written yet. We can, uh, I, I told my wife, as an example I share with you, I was expecting some really bad news in business. Um, and I didn't, you know, don't always get bad news, sometimes good news. And I I told Cherish something that I've never said before. I never even thought this before. If I get this bad news, I'm going to take five deep breaths. I'm going to go through my day and then I'm going to wake up and I'm going to deal with it the next morning. And for me, that was a faith edge in the future. This is how trusting in a good God who's writing a good story looks as we anticipate things in the future, both good and bad. See, this is interesting to me because I've, I've, I would say, historically looked at faith as a yes-no question. Either have it or you don't. It's either good or it's bad. And this is very broadening and encouraging to hear you describe that journey of faith deepening and becoming stronger and putting more things in God's hands and having faith that he will handle the things that you give to him and begin to have faith that you can hand him bigger and bigger things. It's hard to trust people in the world with all things, but that's also a challenge in giving all things to God is because that's our point of comparison oftentimes is I don't know if that person can be trusted with that. I don't know if that person, that's too big for me to trust that person with. 
So that's interesting in building that trust relationship and and having your faith deepen and not have it be a black and white issue. I like that. I like that a lot. And it's also really cool to hear that you're at the stage that you're at and it's still growing. It's still growing and I expect it to still grow. When Jesus encountered the man whose son needed healing, he said to Jesus, I believe, help my unbelief. Yeah, I, I, I have this faith. This faith might not be big enough in this very moment. Can you help it grow? Can you help me in this faith edge moment? Can you help it grow? When Jesus calmed the storm, he asked his disciples, where is your faith? And a lot of people have looked at it, as you mentioned earlier, black, white, right? Ah, you don't have any faith. What is wrong with you? Shame on you. You should know better. Uh-huh. And in the original language, the way that question was asked, there was a nuance of Jesus saying, you have faith. I know you have faith. Where is it? Why did you not pull it out in this moment? Why, 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 did, why did you not pull it out? Why did you? This was a faith edge moment. I know you know who I am, what I'm capable of. Where is your faith? Bring it into this moment. And isn't it interesting that we can fall off a faith cliff and then still have God lift us up and put us back yes. on the plane of faith and say, all right, here we, here we go again. And how gracious is he? Because how many faith edge Unbelievable. battles? Unbelievable. How many faith edge battles do we actually win? I mean, I don't want to talk about my success percentage in this area over the course of my life. And because of his relentless, beautiful love, this persevering, 1 Corinthians 13 says, love always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. That's the kind of love God has for us. He's always trusting, always hoping, always persevering. He looks at that faith edge and he's like, you know what? Craig's going to get it next time. He's going to give him another faith edge opportunity in two days. I think he's going to get that one. Amazing. Just amazing. God is so good. And that's part of the beauty of heaven is we get to spend so much time. Well, I don't know. We have to talk about that on another episode, heaven, time, the relation of time. We get to spend all of eternity thanking him for who he is and what he's done for us. And what a beautiful life it is now if we get started. We get a head start saying, God, thank you for who you are and what you've done for us. Well, thank you for listening to our podcast. It's so fun, once again, Alex, to be with you. And I grow and I'm blessed by our time together. And I'm sure our audience is as well. And we want to thank the people behind Go Ministry International for supporting our podcast. They've chosen to support this because they believe that God is a good God who does want know what's best for us and that we do live through challenging things. But God's presence in our lives and through our lives is awesome. So thank you for listening to our podcast. Alex is so good at encouraging people. If you were blessed by this, share it with someone else, and we encourage you to do that. So if you enjoyed this, share it with a friend, send them the link, and um, I think they'll be a, they'll be blessed as well. So thank you for joining us. Have a great day.